Welcome to 39-Minute Conversations. Please wait for your host to begin this meeting. Your meeting is now being recorded. Okay, are you there? Can you see me? Can you hear me okay? Hello. Hello. It is so good to see you. You too. Um, I can't wait to, to catch up with you, but the first thing that I do have to do to keep the lights on is read a completely, totally real ad for sure that I have sponsors now. So Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Thank you. If you sit tight for just one second, I'll just be a minute. Sure. This episode of 39 Minute Conversations is not officially presented by the Los Angeles Public Library. I've been going into spend less, save more money mode lately because screenwriting is maybe the most inconsistent way possible to make a living, and I am feeling that right now. So I've had to, you know, stop buying as many books, shed some new subscriptions that I paid for, cut back on streaming services a little bit, but you know what helps take away that sting? Being a member of the LA Public Library. Not only can you check out books, obviously, but did you know your library card gives you free online access to newspapers like the Washington Post, New York Times, LA Times uh, Archive? Did you know you can stream movies for free on the Canopy app using your library card number? You can check out ebooks and audiobooks from the comfort of your home. And if you're not in LA, I'm sure other libraries offer similar services, but if you're a local like me and also a little broke like me right now, check out the LA Public Library. And on a you know more serious, heavier note, Libraries have been under attack lately with extreme right-wing politicians in some states threatening to prosecute librarians who don't remove books that feature race or sexuality or gender identity or culture and, you know, anything else that they find offensive or objectionable right now. And one thing history has taught us is that banning books is kind of a slippery slope. So now is the best time to support your local public library. And we pause. <laughs> we pause okay. for effect. And then... Hello, I'm Brian T. Arnold, and this is 39 Minute Conversations, a podcast about reconnecting with old friends and making new ones, but I've only got 39 minutes to do it because I will not be paying for Zoom Pro. My guest today is a very funny writer and comedian that I met several years ago in an improv class, and since then, she's gone on to write for Fuller House, An American Dad. Her debut feature film as a writer, I'm Totally Fine, starring Jillian Bell and Natalie Morales, is available to purchase or rent on Amazon, Vudu, Redbox, probably other places. Those are what I saw when I looked it up. Please welcome Alicia Kedry. Hello. Wow. That was really fun. <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah. That was exciting. <laughs> it is so surreal to see your face. It has been such a long time. I know. It's been like what, since 2012, maybe? 20. I feel like we saw each other around a little bit since like here and there yeah. at shows and stuff. But the last time we probably hung out consistently was probably 2012, 2013. It, I can't believe how fast like 10 years has just like flown by. It doesn't feel like it, does it? No. no because but... I, I thought about that when I asked you. I was like, oh yeah, Alicia, I love Alicia. Let me get her on this show. When is that? Oh my God, I haven't seen it. It does yeah. not feel like it's been that long. No, not at all. It's crazy. It's going too fast. It's weird. It's weird. It's time is speeding up um, yeah. and slow down at the same time. Uh, and you have, you know, since that improv class, you, you know, a lot's happened for you. You've written for TV. You've now written a movie. You got married recently. <laughs> so I am, I am so excited to catch up with you and hear as much as I can hear in 39 minutes. Yes. Yeah. I, um, 
after that improv class, I, I don't even remember which one it was. Was it like 201 or something? It was either um, 201 or 301. I like was just working in reality TV a bunch. And mm-hmm. like, I, t- I kept doing improv with some amazing ladies who I'm obsessed with. Um, <laughs> and we still have our like improv group thread, like oh, that's nice. strawberry boss. Um, <laughs> but we don't, we don't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, same. I, I had already kind of stopped doing improv before um, the pandemic hit. Yeah. Um, but then that really like, you know, I, I'm uh, hypochondriac. I'm have a lot of health anxiety. I'm basically an agoraphobe now. So, uh, I just, yeah. everything that I did is pretty much, I, I stopped doing. Um, so one of the, you know, that's kind of where this podcast came from. Kind of the central theme of it is this is me trying to, you know, do something a little performative and out there without actually leaving my apartment. So how, have these last few years, you know, changed you, been for you compared to, you know, me becoming a total shut-in? <laughs> My gosh. Well, I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> that's really interesting. And, you know, my husband is kind of a hypochondriac, so I I, I feel for you. And, <laughs> and it's, 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 it's a tough place to be. Um, the last few years, like pandemic wise, you mean? I mean, pandemic life, like what? Yeah. How is how have you changed, I guess, in the last two or three years, pandemic or just other life things? Man, it's a lot has changed. Like, I think there is and you know this as a screenwriter yourself, but there's so much fear. It's like mm-hmm. in just being able to support yourself and, you know, even when you have something, you're scared of losing something because shows can get canceled. And I've mm-hmm. been like, you know, Fuller House was one season. I, between like, I, it was a year before I got on American Dad. And before that, I was like, you know, 30 hosting at the Cheesecake Factory just for mm-hmm. a little bit of money, you know? And like, I, I it's having to kind of realize my, because it this is a career where you are always hustling. Mm-hmm. You're always fighting for yourself, mm-hmm. but knowing that your value doesn't come from yeses and from people like approving of what you write and what you do is something that has really, especially during the pandemic, taken a like front seat for me because mm-hmm. I was so I was putting a lot of self-worth on getting into that competition like mm-hmm. you know I'm like you were on the blacklist correct I was yeah 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 so like you know that like having that and then like time passing and if there's no like momentum on it you, you know like being like oh no I'm a failure or reading mm-hmm. one bad review and I that's about me that's true that's my deepest insecurity and <laughs> so and so nailed it um mm-hmm. not letting that like run how I feel about myself has really been the like the struggle right now but in a good way not like a struggle like a that's I'm just making a more concerted effort I think that's great and I think that's true and I think a lot of people maybe don't think about like you know they say like oh my god you made it you have you have succeeded now but you know behind the scenes it's a little bit you know um, less glamorous, even after you've quote unquote made it and the waiting yeah. for the next job and the, you know, I, I will say like after 
uh, after the blacklist and I had optioned that that script, I then, you know, I did the rewrites and polish and all that, but that's a little less money than you'd expect. And then the next job you take is on spec and, you know, which is a very good job and I'm very excited to have it. But then it's just very quickly, like, you know, I'm having the most success of my career and I'm close to the brokest I've ever been. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is a weird line. And it's been uh, the standard mm -hmm. for too long, way too long, the, mm -hmm. because there's a lot of work um, mm -hmm. to to write something and to a polish and a rewrite spec are all months and months and months of work and not getting a penny for it. And even <laughs> when they like send out the paycheck, it's coming a year and a half later. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. And yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to have the work that I have. I'm very grateful for it. And I'm grateful for the people who employ me. I don't want to sound like I'm not, but it's just the way that this industry works. It's, you know, the, yeah. you, you don't make as much money as you think you're going to. And the next job is slower in coming and sometimes doesn't pay you up front. Sometimes it's like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll write this for free with the hope of getting paid later because I love this story. And it's yeah. a whole, it's a whole thing. So like, you you feel like you get to the top of a of a mountain and you look up and there's a lot more mountain to go. Yeah, yeah, and I think I'm starting to realize that that mountain is just like not real. It's just whatever oh, you know. It's, yeah. it's because the more the more it's like I think it's true for for any career. The higher you get, the more you want. Like that's just mm -hmm. or the more you want for yourself. Yeah, creatively. Mm -hmm. Um. You're like, oh, now, now that I've done this, check that off the list. Now I want to direct. Why haven't I directed anything? <laughs> so it's just it, it, having to like be present and not look, not constantly look forward. But yeah, that 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 disconnection or, or dissonance between like I am successful, mm -hmm. but I don't have a bank account or TV show <laughs> to show my parents. You know, like that yeah. kind of thing where it's like <laughs> it's a it's a confusing. Uh, it's confusing mentally. It really is. And, yeah. Um, but I want I want to talk so much about about your movie. Um, I watched it yesterday. I really, really, I really loved it. Oh, thank um, you. Yeah, of course. But before I do that, I, I I think I want to, you know, we've we've known each other a long time, but we've never like, oh man, let's have the let's get to let's get to know each other. <laughs> yeah. So let's. I want to do that. So. You um originally from Louisiana, right? Uh small town, big city. Um, like suburban town, uh, like almost like a Sherman Oaks kind of place. Okay. Um, I it's called Mandeville. It mm -hmm. is about forty minutes north of New Orleans. It okay. was enough that like I would commute in my senior year of high school. I would commute to a performing arts school there oh, right cool. like, yeah it was super fun um but I would just drive across the lake like Pontchartrain and, and go there but so it, it definitely was like kind of a I think it was a town that was probably where people like would work in the city and then live in Mandeville mm -hmm. because it's mm -hmm. like houses with lawns that kind of gated communities that kind of sure thing. yeah what so you did a performing arts high school, which is, which is very cool. Mm -hmm. um, at what point did you know, like, was it at that school or otherwise that you're like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to be a writer. This is my, this is my thing. What, what, what point did you kind of realize that? I didn't realize that until college. I, 
always wanted to act and like be creative. And I wanted mm-hmm. to leave Louisiana that w- my plan was to be like, you know, uh, Mary Tyler Moore, or Lucille Ball or something like sure. become, yeah, a television actress. And so that's what I was studying in college. And then we had one class where we, I, I went to school in Chicago and we just had a class where we wrote our own monologues and I did that. And I was like getting laughs and I was just kind of realizing <laughs> like, oh shit, this is, this is more fun for me because I'm not a good actor. And I never wanted, I never wanted to do the deep work, you know, or like, I just wanted attention. And um, now that I like, and then I, so I actually switched my major because I went to an arts college too, and they have the TV writing course. And so that's, I started doing sketch comedy out, out there with mm-hmm. them. Two, two women, Anna and Mary, who were, we call ourselves Delicious But Unnecessary, DBU, and we just did kind of like indie sketch. This is my mm-hmm. dog, too. Oh, he got shy. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it wasn't until college that I really, it really clicked for me that that's what I wanted to do. Okay, so you went to like Columbia College, Chicago, right? And then after, how quickly after you graduated from there did you come to LA and how was that transition for you? I came to LA through a program that Columbia offered called Semester in LA Mm -hmm. and I did it as my last semester. So I just moved out here blindly um, Mm -hmm. with and got an apartment that my friend um, who I had worked with at a restaurant in Chicago, he was in the same building and was like, there's an opening. Do you want it? And I was like, yes, he's actually Brandon Dermer, the director of the film. (laughs) Right. 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 Yeah. Um, But So I came out here and the transition was really hard. I, I, my boyfriend and I broke up because of the distance. He's mm-hmm. actually my husband now. <laughs> he ended up moving here <laughs> two years later. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was, I, I was very sad. I I, I I was about to say, I bet your husband's glad you and your boyfriend broke up. No, <laughs> yeah. I guess no. In this instance, no. Surprise. It's the boyfriend. Um. And it was just like, I hated LA when I first moved here. Yeah. Uh, it was too hot. I hated driving. I, it, it, all of it was just, it was too much. I missed like the trains in Chicago. I, mm-hmm. I think I also partly missed college. I left both of those girls I did sketch with. I left mm-hmm. my friends, you know, I uh, just came here to pursue my dream. And it was just... Yeah, it was a different. I I probably didn't like LA for six years. <laughs> I here. totally, I totally get that. It took. It, I think it's an adjustment period for sure. Wherever you come from, LA is a great place, but it is you know you have to find your community early, or it can swallow you up. Yeah. Um, which I I'm very lucky I did with improv, and you know you were you were a good part of that community for. Yeah. For a little bit. Did you do in Chicago, like, did you do get into like Second City or IO or anything like that? Or was UCB like your coming, like your first time doing that outside of like your indie team in Chicago? Yeah. So I didn't do, I, and I always look back on this and think, why didn't I do that? What, what's going on? I didn't do Second City. My friend Mary did, who was in my group. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't do IO. I didn't do any improv in Chicago at all. And so I wanted to try it when I got, actually, when I got to LA, I tried stand up too. And I <laughs> sure. did improv. Um, but yeah, so UCB was my first, my first like foray into trying it. Gotcha. And I want to talk about, so you met the director of, uh, of I'm Totally Fine, Brandon Dermer in Chicago. Was that through Columbia College Chicago or was that just like happenstance? 
We met working at a sports bar called Jake Melnick's Corner Tap. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We both went to Columbia, but he was two years ahead of me and in the like film film program. Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't really, we never had classes together or anything. Literally, I just knew him from this restaurant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's wild because it's just such a. I don't know. It's just weird. The people you run into, like you would think like, oh yeah, we met in film school. Like, no, no, we just met at a restaurant. And then I, then he directed the movie that I wrote. Yeah. Uh, So a lot of my listeners, you know, are sort of, uh, I say, you know, a lot of like, you know, this is a huge hit, but there are, you know, a lot of up and coming writers who listen to this. And one thing that I like to talk about is um, sort of how the transition happened from, you know, into a writing career. Um, so I kind of want to learn a little bit about how you started doing this professionally. I know, you know, I'm, I'm a crack researcher. I saw you did the Warner Brothers television workshop. Yes. Was that, uh, how did that come about? And is that kind of what led to the next things for you? Yes. Um, so I want to say like for anybody who is young and like aspiring to do this, like it sucks the whole time. Like you are kicking, <laughs> screaming, you think you're ready at 24, I was ready to be staffed. I was ready to be in a room. Mm-hmm. I didn't get my first job till I was 29. I got into whatever. I just want to say, like, keep going, keep writing. It's yeah. too hard. Have the day job and just let it motivate you. Mm-hmm. But I was, yeah, I was working in reality TV and as like a, a production coordinator, a post-production coordinator, an associate producer, um, all of this stuff working in development and I was really, I had like bad at it. I had to work really hard <laughs> to be okay at it. And I, it was sure. and, and difficult. And I have friends who are producers who are amazing at it and love it. And like they it's meant for some people it's not meant for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the whole time I was just writing on the side and I submitted to the Warner brothers television workshop while I was working at um, discovery studios. And that like, I got into that and that was, that's what, like rocketed my career. It just, I, I got laid off actually from my, from that discovery uh, mm-hmm. uh, job and I was living off severance and I was doing this program and I had to submit like a, a spec. I wrote a broad city spec. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to like the next round, you have to submit a pilot and then it's an interview and that they staff you. Well, they did. Cause now it is gone. They got rid of that program just yeah. very recently. Um, I think they're fighting to keep it, but yeah, it's a, it, it's a whole like thing. Yeah. Rolled into another. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, but yeah, they're going to figure it out. I, I'm, I'm I hope so. Yeah. yeah. I um Yeah. So got onto Fuller House from there because that is a Warner Horizon show mm-hmm. and they would just put you on um, Warner shows. You still have to interview and stuff. You still have to submit your, your scripts um, and they pay for your first year. So you're okay. a free writer to that. Um, That's room. a good program. That's a good program yeah. to get people into, into rooms. Yeah, it was really, it was really great. Um, and so I was on the lot working at Fuller House. And then through there, I got, you know, that's when I got an agent, I got a manager mm-hmm. um, and I got American debt. I had a year of unemployment after that. Um, and I, my manager just submitted me to, American Dad, the dinosaur that's been on since 2005, and <laughs> I lucked out. I got it. I got in the room. So I want to talk a little bit about American Dad because it is a show that I've 
I've kept up with, I don't, I don't see, I don't think I've seen every episode, but I've seen a lot of them a lot of times. Um, and yeah. it's a show that I like a lot. What is it like joining a series? Like you joined in what season 14 or 15. So it already yeah. had a strong voice, a lot, a lot of stories done. What is it like joining a show like that late in its run and having to like fit your voice to what's already so established? It honestly made it pretty like clear. I have never been on a show that was like a first season. So I don't, I, I have heard that that can be a little difficult because you're, you're finding the voice, but mm-hmm. because this voice already exists, it was, you just, it's like a, like jump rope. You just got to like get in there, you know, and, and it's already established, mm-hmm. but it was, it, it was scary and great at the same time because, you know, I walked into the room my first day and there's, it's because it's 22 episodes. It's like, 16 writers mm-hmm. who have all been there for 10 years mm-hmm. and I'm like hello I'm new and <laughs> I hope you like me and they're all like they're all in each other's weddings you know they're like yeah. best friends it's that's nice yeah yeah it's it's such a good room it's so positive and they were very warm and welcoming and there's like not a competitive bone in anybody's body wow which I've heard that can be in writers rooms yeah. where you're trying to be the funniest you're trying to whatever not it's like a it, it's really really wonderful um and I'm I am not it's not lost on me that it's like great because Fuller House was difficult and so I had another boot camp and then I got into this kind of cushy little cozy room Um, but without if you don't want to get too into details on it what made Fuller House was it just sort of a personality thing was it just a a tough room or do you if you don't want to get into it we don't have to um you can go it's pretty (laughs) googleable The uh, showrunner was, you know, um, things were just like, he, it, it was a very old school kind of. Gotcha. Uh, a little bit of a um, reboot, a little bit of that reboot show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The reboot. Um, it had really great writers in it and really great people. Yeah. We, the room was also difficult because we lost a writer. He mm. died during wow. my season. Like wow. his name is Marsh McCall. He's a he was really great. He was like a Conan guy. I only knew him for a little bit, but yeah, that was, you know, it's just like, it was a very weird moment to be like, I'm watching my first ever episode of television mm-hmm. reverse on the day one of our members has died. Like not to get heavy, but yeah, no, that's it, fine. Yeah. He, it was just like very surreal experience yeah. um, that I hope nobody has to go through again but um yeah so that was just like a tough room and because we got yeah. you know we 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 found out he died that morning and then we still went to rehearse and it was just That's, that shouldn't happen <laughs> it absolutely should not happen yeah you can't it it, it was interesting yeah. um but yeah I'm sorry yeah, I'm sorry that was a tough one yeah <laughs> it's okay it's all um, right everybody around that room was so wonderful like all the other writers and executives and everything was everything else was was great but well let's go back to american dad because that's a happier subject for you it seems <laughs> like um so do you have a favorite character to write for they're all all these voices are so clear and established like do you have one that just like oh man this is my favorite to to play with you know honestly like it's it's fun to write for all of them but i am a big fan of francine i had a just feeling like, for some reason yeah, I, really? I thought that's what it was going to be <laughs> I just think she's like the coolest, ditziest 
most confident person. Like <laughs> she has, like, she, I think she, you can just get her to do anything. And, and I really truly love that. Like her and Stan are nice to each other. Mm-hmm. They're like, they're always like, they always want to bang each other. They think <laughs> each other's so hot. They're like, that's, that's what I love when the family mm-hmm. is like rooting for each other. And, and it, yeah, it's super fun. Man, I, I love that show. It's so cool that you're on it. Um, but it is, you know, it's absurd and it's, it's it's a hard comedy. It's very joke focused. So, you know, when I turned on, I'm totally fine, which again, loved really great. I think, you know, maybe I was expecting a little bit more of that kind of hard comedy yeah. voice. Um, and it is a very funny movie, but it's also very emotional and very heartfelt. It's about grief and loss with this kind of sci-fi twist. Um and, you know, I was, I was laughing, but I was tearing up by the end, which, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't fully ready for, but, you know, um, so I just, what was it like um, adjusting between those two vastly different styles when you were writing this? It was, I was very, it's interesting you say that because like, I think a lot of people felt that way, especially having Kyle Newichek attached because he's a workaholics guy, mm-hmm. which is also like a joke heavy, you know, mm-hmm. thing. Um, <clears throat> I was, when we were shooting in Temecula for 10 days, I was zooming on American Dad at the same time. Oh, wow. So it was like, I really was transitioning. But the truth is that before I got on American Dad, I was already writing stuff that had like a little more like emotion and and mm-hmm. and heart than like my tastes were a little bit more that direction sure. anyway but definitely not dramedy like the first time somebody read the script and told me they cried I was like what <laughs> like <laughs> oh yeah I guess it's sad I I don't know I'm like it it was a I am I have surprised myself in what I think you you I think you box yourself into a genre mm-hmm. or what you think you're best at writing and then Kyle and Brandon just really were a part of the like the story breaking process and just really pushing me to like get into those emotions and that and that subtlety and then when you have these actresses like Mm -hmm. you know playing these roles like they that also just like really really helps because I think like you know Natalie was so funny and so endearing and then Jillian just has these like like really in like in like reflective moments and like her mm-hmm. acting is so subtle it's just like really it, it was really special so I don't know it was like it was weird transition but it was also exciting and and kind of fun to like move yeah. out of that what the joke to the like the dramedy back to the joke what was it like seeing like like you obviously these are very talented actors in this movie um Natalie and Jillian as well as uh Harvey Guillen and yeah. um Blake Anderson and it's just was it like you know people seeing people with this kind of you know pedigree and this kind of skill bringing like something that you wrote to life being on set for that it was really amazing it was like I felt so like like such a loser because I was so the first time, like, that is not what I expected. (laughs) I am a very like good, like mushy person. And, Mm. you know, Natalie was like coming off of directing and like being like, 
like she's blowing, like she was blowing up. She still is. Mm -hmm. Um, So all of them are, but like, so she wasn't there the first two days. So the first day, like I remember watching the monitor and it was like, I'm the writer and I got to be on set, which never happens. Super rare. Yeah. Rare. Um, but because it was indie and, and like, whatever, I was able to be there. And I just remember like the f- first scene we shot is just Jillian, like in that bedroom, looking at her laptop. And I was like, this is exactly what I pictured. And I just started crying. <laughs> like, oh my God, she's doing what I, what I pictured. Like, how did that happen? It's so cool. I was, I was geeking out like big time. It was very, very special and very stressful. There sure. were moments that like, you know, we had to adjust the script and like figure things out. And because we like, like one scene was supposed to be in a, in a car moving, but we couldn't get the rig. And so I had to rewrite it like the night before to be standing. And, mm-hmm. and like, that was very stressful. So it was like, like I said, being present, like taking those moments to be like, I am so stressed out and this is really hard and I have to figure this out <laughs> all by myself and nobody cares. And then be like, this is so cool. And I am so grateful, like, and so blessed, like that this is happening at all. Yeah. And so there was a lot of like different uh, hormones, <laughs> my body, cortisol, all that. Yeah. Before we get too deep into all these great set stories, which I do want to, um, do you want to give a quick pitch for what this movie is about for people who are tuning in? Um, yes. So it is about a Um, A a woman who has lost her best friends who she was starting a business with and they got a distribution deal for this soda that they make and her best friend dies suddenly and she goes to the Airbnb by herself where they were supposed to have a big celebration party just to like be alone and process everything and when she gets there um a woman who looks exactly like her best friend shows up claiming not to be her best friend, but to be an alien who is there to study human behavior and emotions. And so that is the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I read an interview with, uh, with you where you were talking about how this sort of idea was something you and Brandon kind of came to together and, um, it, it, and it came from this time period that we've been living in with of COVID and grief and d- a person dealing with grief. Um, what was it like? I mean, first of all, um, you know, we were, you were going through it the same way we all were. And you're now you're being, you know, putting that on the page. How difficult was that? Was that process? It was like, it was tough, but it was, cathartic I think it was really nice to be able to just have um people to talk to about all of it and to Mm -hmm. use it through a story so it didn't feel as like I'm dealing with this I you know because that can then you just start to feel guilty about complaining and and Mm -hmm. that type of thing so being able to kind of transfer our, our feelings together to talk about it and put them into a story. It was really nice. Mm. Yeah. And you shot this in December, 2020. So like the height yeah. of the pandemic yeah. pre-vaccine, pre-vaccine. Uh, how tough was it working in, in that kind of an environment? How scary was it? I guess. Well, I don't know if I could have done it. I know. Um, 
Sorry, I'm texting my my cat is banging on our door, so I'm texting my husband to see if he'll come check on her. <laughs> um, but it was uh very scary. It was very weird. We had um COVID testing um every other day. Mm-hmm. We had face shields, masks, distance, people stayed like in different areas. Nobody could leave, nobody could go anywhere. Um so basically like I live now. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> yeah, you would have been great on set. Um, but it was it was scary. You know, it was like I think people were able to kind of work through the fear because we had such a safe set mm-hmm. and because people were excited to finally be doing something again. That's really what it was like it came from. It was like every like that's how this movie got made is that every single person involved like wanted to be working wanted to be doing something and that Mm -hmm. that was very exciting so yeah it was weird I can't believe it was pre-vaccine right like I when I saw that I was like I I guess they were back to making stuff at that point but man it had to be tough um I think the message of like first of all like one of the reasons I really connected with this movie is that you know I also uh I love dark comedy I love dramatic comedy I love um you know, my my most recent script that's, you know, out there is also like a sci-fi dramedy that's about death and grief. So like, this was like, oh my God, this is this is my wheelhouse and I love it. And the, the, the message of the movie, I think, is that, you know, everything ends and, but like, you know, our memories are, are, can never be taken away that, you know, the people we love are always going to be with us in that way. And I think that's a powerful yeah. one. Um, and did that, is that, did you start, the movie I guess knowing that was the message you were going to try to get to or is that something you kind of discovered along the way I think we we discovered it because it was just like about initially about not being able not being in control Mm -hmm. of how your life moves forward sometimes because Jillian's character is like had a plan and now it's gone Mm -hmm. um and then it just became and I, and I like am a huge friend person I love my friends deeply like very I like grieve the friends I don't like see anymore I mm-hmm. or who I've fallen out of touch with I'm very very attached to my friends so I think mm-hmm. that that like what was discovered but like we didn't name it you know it just came out of like how we all we all felt and like knowing like you it's a it's a story about two friends and yes it's like about Jillian's character not having any control but when you start getting into their memories and to like mm-hmm. the their histories together that's and connect those dots like you can't help but be like oh this is also about you only have the, these moments in time with these people in your life mm-hmm. and we all are just doing our fucking best to appreciate them and we'll, mm-hmm. we never will enough ever mm-hmm. ever so mm-hmm. it's just kind of about that yeah, I love that. That that definitely yeah. is the part that hit the hardest for me is is because, you know, we've all lost people. We all, whether yeah. it's to forever or, you know, just people that you don't see anymore. And yeah, it was just a very sweet, very good message. And I'm I'm glad you I'm glad you wrote it and I'm glad I got to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, excited. How has the how's the reaction been? I'm sure I'm sure uh, hopefully very positive. Um, how does it feel knowing this is out there? And, you know, how's it been since it came out? for you 
it's been other crazy. than other than catching those couple reviews that make you feel you know <laughs> oh my gosh I was terrified yeah. I was terrified we got the first couple of reviews we got that were some of them are so mean and you're some like of them are mean. this is not for you clearly but like like I said at the beginning of this like it hits you in a way that you're like what if they're right what yeah if, sure what if I'm horrible but it's of like course. there's no it's not because like you watch the movie and you're like I love this this is great I'm happy with this movie and these people are great and so like you just have to be confident in it and it's so cool and I'm trying to like answer the question this is a really interesting podcast because like I can see the time left so I'm like all right let's go <laughs> that's part of the fun <laughs> yeah I um, love to watch the panic study yeah, yeah um the reception has been positive it's been really sweet I've gotten like dms from people that like I wouldn't have expected about how it touched them and like mm -hmm. and like people who are making artwork for it and and it's just so and like like reviews that are like I I love my friends like and I that just <laughs> like that means everything to me yeah. like, that is the coolest part and I'm so excited it's going to be on Hulu in February the first week of oh, February so a couple of weeks so hopefully more people will get to see it and it'll just be really available at that point you won't have to you won't have to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I already did, um, but um, you also, this is just kind of a fun, weird way the universe works, or I don't know if it was planned, probably, probably not, that might be weird. Um, the movie came out the day that you got married, is that, how, how surreal was that day for you? That was wild, it was not the plan, because I had, we had our wedding date for a year and a half, and then yeah. we sold the movie to decal, uh, shout out to decal and they picked November 4th to be the day comes out and so Chris and I had to have a lot of conversations about logistics and mm -hmm. there was one point where I was like okay I'm not going to go to like the um the like screening the the like first screening at the Alamo I'm just going to go to Louisiana because we have to get married Mar I'm so invested in this marriage and I'm very excited about this marriage. <laughs> this is also my first movie. And I, if I miss it, I will kill myself. Uh, just like, uh, I, all of it was just like very difficult, but we managed the, the screening was on the third. Mm -hmm. So we, or no, no, it was on the second. So we went that night, took a red eye, went to the screening and took a red eye to Louisiana for my, uh, uh, rehearsal dinner. <laughs> And, then, and we made, I was able to do both. And then they, it was in a movie theater the day after my wedding in Louisiana. And I got to go with my mom and my sister and a bunch of the wedding guests and mm. just filled the theater. And it was, that was like the coolest part for me. That That's was awesome. Yeah. We only have about a minute and a half left. So yeah. I want to, at this point, give you the opportunity to uh, plug the movie, plug anything else you want to plug, let people know where they can, where they can follow you. Um, the socials or whatnot. Yeah, I um don't have Twitter. Good for I, you. Yeah, I hate it. I just deleted my Facebook. I have an Instagram. It's just Alicia Keetry, but it's just uh pictures of my dog. Um, <laughs> you can watch American Dad on TBS on Monday nights. Mm -hmm. There was just a um. A, a thing that came out, an Architectural Digest video of Michael Imperioli, and he said American Dad is his favorite TV show. So we very are very cool. All, yeah, we are all very excited about that. The movie come is on Hulu. Uh, it's called I'm Totally Fine. 
Uh, this episode will come out in February, so it's already, it should be, what day does it come out on Hulu? February? February 1st, I think. First? Great. Then it's already out on Hulu. Watch it. Oh, okay, great. Yay, watch it. Um, but yeah, that's it. I don't... Okay, then with our very little remaining time, less than a minute, I want to get to know you even on a deeper level than I've gotten to know you so far. Okay. Your movie got me thinking about life, death, everything in between. Um, <laughs> what do you think happens after we die? <laughs> Um, I think our bones turn to lightning and we get shot up into the clouds and uh-huh. we, uh, your meeting has ended. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to 39 minute conversations hosted and produced by Brian T. Arnold music by Kevin McLeod licensed under creative commons by attribution 4.0 license. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and tune in for new episodes and don't forget to rate and review. If you didn't like what you heard, please don't do any of that. That's okay, too. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. Stay safe and be well.